Hey guys, and welcome to For The Bit, the podcast where we work, eat, and play, all in the name of the bit. I'm Jeffrey. And I'm Erin. And today for The Bit, we decided to try uh, online schooling, Um, but we knew we couldn't talk about this topic unless we had a super special guest here this week. So without further ado, we would like to introduce to you a longtime loyal fan, Greg Haar. (laughs) Hey! Hey, Jeffrey. Hey, Erin. Hello, hey, listeners. thanks for being here. Well, glad, glad to be here. Great to be here. Oh, awesome. Oh, yeah. Great. So. I guess we need to dive in and explain why we brought him on. So okay. would you, I guess you can already guess why you're here. We said we're here for online schooling. Could you tell sure. the viewers why you're here? Absolutely. So I'm a teacher at Morristown High School in Burlington County. Uh, so it's a public school, grades 9 to 12. And about a month ago, just over a month, um, all the schools in Burlington County. Uh, at that time, it was by order of the county. It was a, a few days, I think, or a week or so later that the rest of the state shut down by order of the governor. Uh, but at that time, uh, the county had uh, ordered all schools to uh, no longer meet in person and therefore uh, deliver instruction uh, online, virtually. Uh, and it was up to the schools to figure out exactly how to do it and, and kind of what schedule and what pace uh, to do so, uh, but with a very quick turnaround, uh, we started uh, to do that. So I can, uh, as a teacher of 19 years, obviously I can talk about the difference uh, in that a little bit, from, but from a very you know specific set of circumstances. So what I would say not necessarily is the case for an elementary school teacher or for uh, other teachers in the state, but um, certainly can talk in general about it. So I'm glad to do so. Yeah, um, I can definitely say that from our perspective, it was so quick that they switched us to online learning. I mean, I know there is that like difference between college, there's kids living there. Uh, in high school, you just have kids coming in every day, which I think in that situation was a little bit more scarier because kids go home, college kids stay on campus. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. yeah, but also we had the downtime of like spring break. Um, and you guys really did not have that. (laughs) It was the quickest turnaround ever. Yes. I think a lot of colleges in the middle of March is, is spring break time Mm -hmm. uh, for colleges and universities. So they were able to kind of fold it in with that and sort of use that as a transition time to either uh, extend spring break longer or bring it a little bit forward and then kind of use that time to uh, adjust with their staff. We had started, um, so it was about, I guess it was about four or five weeks ago now. And it was, um, I feel like Tuesday, Wednesday, that talk started of like, oh, this could be coming. And then by like Wednesday, Thursday, the plan was, all right, just teachers are coming in on Monday. And then the students will come back on Tuesday, but then we'll start to plan for a transition. And it was Friday afternoon that we got the email that said the students are not coming back and this is going, you know, will be closed at least until the end of our spring break, which is this coming Monday. Now it's yeah. obviously since been extended from that, but the initial uh, call was it'll go four weeks of classes. We'll go to online. Then we'll go into our spring break, which ours does the week after Easter and a lot of schools do it before. Mm. Yeah. Um, but either way, it was to plan for about a month um, with the reevaluation at the end of that time. So, uh, that being said, the teachers did go in that Monday and we began, uh, instruction on Tuesday. So it was, uh, it was oh, a quick. very, very brief yeah. transition for, 
you know, for something education, public education, uh, anything that kind of large scale is by its very nature, just slow moving. So things don't, mm-hmm. things, education doesn't change uh, quickly, even <laughs> yeah. as technology and even as society yeah. changes in some ways uh, for good or for bad. Uh, education is slow and steady and it's, and it's kind of can be a rock. Uh, and that can be great in a lot of ways. That can be frustrating in a lot of ways. Uh, but here, all of a sudden, the entire system flipped on its head. Uh, and teachers and administrators and, and all kinds of people and parents uh, making, uh, you know, virtual or distance mm-hmm. education yeah. somewhat working uh, has been pretty, uh, pretty amazing thing. And it's, and it's a testimony to uh, a, lot of, a lot of people and a lot of effort. My mom is a first grade teacher, so I've asked her this question, but I just, I want to know your input. Do you think that this is going to get rid of snow days? Like, do you think like, instead of having like a snow day, they'll just say like, oh, go online for a day instead of tacking it onto the end oh, of the year? Oh, interesting. Interesting. Um, hmm. I only bring that up because I am writing a paper on it. <laughs> Not on snow days, but on the no. switch and technology know, and how teachers are using mean. it. I, you know, and I feel like, so part of the reason for a lot of schools, for some schools, I should say, ease in transitioning was uh, a lot of schools had gone to students with laptops and students with yeah. tablets and things like that anyway, where assignments were being given and delivered, you know, where a teacher could post something mm-hmm. uh, in an evening and then students could work on it at home and so forth. So uh, I wonder if, I, I think in some ways, now I've never done it, but I, I'm wondering if other teachers on snow days were doing things like that, where, okay, oh. we were supposed to be this was due today, but let me update you on the assignment and work on this so that by the time we get back, uh, especially at the high school level, the biggest concern was um, for teachers and students in things like AP classes, because AP classes are you know, nationwide things that's run yeah. by an outside organization. So a timeline is very, very important where you have until this day to, to complete your class. So things like snow days, things like pandemics, uh, totally mess with that. For other teachers, if you have a snow day, you just kind of go, all right, well, do we know class today? We'll just pick up the next uh, day. But I yeah. think a lot of high school teachers, um, I, would, I, I would think get, would get in this mindset of uh, if we have a deadline to hit, we've still got to hit the deadline. So uh, a snow day, you were going to have to take advantage of it in some way. Uh, it would be hard, I think, to say that it would be one policy like teachers would be expected to post assignments and students would be expected to do them yeah uh, and and maybe some schools will actually say that mm-hmm. and, and say no that if it's a snow day parents are not prepared for that uh students may not have their books home i mean the the only advantage with this is that in that transition kind of time where what students are not coming back they did open up the school building and they let students come in and empty out their lockers and get all their books and their assignments and things like that. So you wouldn't yeah. have that advantage with a snow day. So that would be my, uh, my guess is uh, there'd be like uh, some adaptation, but I think if you're talking about one out. or two days, we'd have to say like, well, like we, we didn't plan for this and we can't expect anyone to, to be ready for it. That's a great question. Yeah, that is true. I did not think about everyone having everything in their lockers. <laughs> I know, so th- but I do, I have had like, things that like when we have like projects or something and they're like well we have snow day but either way it's due on friday so if we aren't working it in class you'll work at it at home so i guess there's like things like that that like yeah computer home so Hmm. that is true because i guess a lot of districts 
don't give out computers. I know a lot have switched to giving out computers, but I also know a lot that don't. There, there and, were school districts that were, I mean, teachers were going in and photographing, I mean, uh, photocopying uh, giant packets you know, oh. and, and mailing them home or, or saying, come to the school between this time and this time and pick up uh, this giant thing. So, yeah. And, and again, when you're talking about education, you're talking about every single town and every single county in the entire state and the entire country. So every, there's going to be so much variety in the type of students and the type of resources that are available. And that's what makes this, again, so difficult because um, you have some people who have means and, and, and flexibility to adjust time-wise and they have home situations yeah. where they can be doing work. And you have so many people uh, with parents out of work or parents who have to work uh, who don't have access to technology, don't have access to internet and so forth. There have been a lot of companies um, that have provided free internet. There have been companies that have provided free laptops to students and things like that. So you see oh, a, lot of, nice. a lot of pitching in um, you know, and charity efforts uh, on people's behalf. It's just no, That's awesome that like companies are giving out computers. Yeah. Um, I know that on the college level, we have a lot of live classes <laughs> that we have to attend. So like, we'll do things like, obviously like we're on zoom right now talking social distance. Mm -hmm. We're keeping our six feet apart. Um, <laughs> but we do a lot of live classes. Do they do that at the high school level? Like, are you guys like, yes. required? Oh yeah. So there are, um, it varies course by course yeah. and teacher by teacher. Um, oh, okay. We use, so our school districts, which a lot of school districts use Google classroom as a yes. you know, Google yeah. kind of uh, products. Um, so Google hangouts, uh, no, Google Meets, Google Meets, so Google Hangouts, I guess, uh, right? Is that yeah. where you talk? Is that Google Hangouts? And then yeah, Google I think is, it's, I've heard of the both. video conferencing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and they have been, of course, scrambling because they weren't prepared for this amount of usage yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and all kinds of things. So even just over the past couple of weeks, their, their products have been, uh, you know, updating and here's, this will be easier. We would try this. We would get a feedback on that. Uh, mm -hmm. So anyway, uh, um, all our district has asked us to do is to have at least one sort of face-to-face -face contact in some sort of way that can uh -huh. take place through Google, it can take place through Zoom, or you can pre-record. Um, so they just at least want some sort of, because education is and has to be a social thing, all right? You can learn things yeah. by reading a book, you can learn things by you know, researching online and so forth, but that's, mm -hmm. not, that's not education. It, it can be learning things. And especially, uh, it's one thing, and I've taken uh, graduate classes online and stuff yeah. like that. And if you have a specific motive and you have a specific drive or you have, uh, if a course is a means to an end so that you have the motivation to be able to do it and you know why you're doing it, that's one thing. And, and uh, online classes, uh, online education, I think is really important and has its place and is super useful uh, for us. Uh, but for most people who are yeah. going through education, whether that's K to 12 or even a secondary education, part of learning is feeding off of someone else. If you ask most people uh, why they're interested in something that they're interested in, uh, it's usually because they fed off the passion of someone else, whether it's parents, mm -hmm. family, yeah. friends, and in many cases, educators, where they said, well, I had a teacher or I had a coach or I had uh, an instructor of some kind who you know and so you're not gonna you can't get that uh online so uh the school district is right to say or any school yeah. district is right to say you know if you have the means to be able to sort of make some kind of contact that's good now 
of course, it's not the same. And, and the problem yeah. that I think a lot of teachers have found is, uh, you know, you're still, even if you're talking and even if I see you on a Zoom screen or on a, a Google Meet screen, uh, we're not reading body language. We're not sensing tone in the same way. You're not getting feedback in the same way. I mean, that's the thing about when you teach in front of a classroom, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a good teacher, but really any teacher, you're not just spouting information you're sort of you're sensing there's there's a connection and you're yeah. constantly looking around and you're constantly uh if people are putting their heads down and people are yawning uh, or people are misbehaving you know or any of those kinds of things you change your tactics okay something's not working right i need to do this all right does that make sense and people kind of groan or okay well let me try it this way you're constantly sort of shifting and morphing to play to uh, your audience in a way and you just can't do yeah. that you can deliver a lecture you know i have information to share with you in which case then there's not a whole lot of difference between sort of pre-recording it mm. uh, yeah. and then sort of doing it live now at the same time there are a lot of courses uh and it, and it also depends on the students that you have the type of students or um the type of class where you may need some sort of interaction you can give interaction you can have students type in the comments you yeah. know so i've done a few i haven't overly relied on it my sort of main goal with these first couple of weeks was we just have to establish structure and we have to establish a routine right that's yeah. the one thing that like nobody normalcy. has yeah. when all of a sudden we're out we have no normalcy we have no routine no structure mm -hmm. and so i've i kind of felt the last thing my students need is me being like all right can you hear me Oh, is, is this on? All right, hold on. Wait, let me push this button. Oh, you mute your whatever. Now, some teachers did that yeah. because they had to be, you know, trailblazers and groundbreakers and stuff like that. For me, yeah. that wasn't going to be it. So I was sort of posting the assignment. Look, let's have early successes, right? Let's, the first thing mm -hmm. that you should do should be successful. And this is, um, uh, you know, educators will recognize his name. There's a guy named Harry Wong who wrote a book called The First Days of School. And it's kind of like anyone that goes through uh, has yeah. read this book and it's geared towards elementary. But um, the one thing that I remember he said was first day of school. The first thing you ask people to do, you need to be successful in. So yeah. when you have students come into your class, you have to ask them to do something that they can do. And that's going to be a victory in a sense for both of you. And that establishes <laughs> sort yeah. of right, what you're going oh, to do. Yeah. So the first thing you do is challenging. Okay, Tuesday morning, let's start. Uh, oh, okay, let's see if this works. They don't know how to log on. They don't have, you know, they're not charged. It's, they just got up, all kinds of crazy things. That's gonna be a tough way to start out. Now, mm -hmm. that's not a big deal if that's what people did. Yeah. Uh, but for me, right, so in my classroom, first day of school, your name is up on the screen with where your seat is. And there's a piece of paper on there where you put your name, you put uh, your birthday, um, you put your like email address, right? So all kinds of basic stuff because you can be successful. There's, you can't, you know the answers to those questions. You <laughs> yeah. can't get it wrong. So our first interaction <laughs> is a positive one because there's a map, you know exactly where to sit. There's no like, well, where mm -hmm. do I sit? Well, you can sit wherever. Like, oh, should I sit here? Oh, should I sit there? I'm not letting them sit wherever they want and then asking them to get up and then sit somewhere else. You know exactly where to go as soon as you get in, there's paper on your desk to start it off. Uh -huh. So for me with distance, I had to do the same thing, which was here is a page from a textbook. I want you to read, I want you to respond to this. I want you to tell me about these vocabulary words. I want you to uh, 
watch this video clip and tell me some, and not that it was a waste of time or that it was busy work because it yeah. wasn't, but it was that those particular assignments for the first week, first two, three weeks were geared to that way. Well, let's establish some success. You can get up each morning, check what's my assignment by the end of the night, have it turned in. You did it. You did it well. Boom. hundred fine problem. I'll let you know. I'll make a comment. Hey, this is not what I'm yeah. looking for. You need to send it like this. Cool. And then, and then we move on and then we can start to do creative things because the groundwork's been laid. So every teacher has a different approach. That's just for me, the way that I uh, kind of saw it working best. The trouble with all this is not only are we not seeing our students, but teachers are not seeing each other as oh, well. Yeah. And so one of the things that teachers of course do because education is a social thing, it's social between uh, <laughs> teachers yeah. and uh, students, but teachers amongst each other, hey, what are you doing for this? How are you handling this? Have you had any problems with that? And we, had, we have had faculty meetings, department meetings, but the same thing. It's not the same. It, it's yeah, hard to if talk. Yeah, it's not in person. So, so there have been a couple where I've had to like call a teacher friend that I don't normally talk to on the phone, but just sort of <laughs> said, have you run into this? What are you doing? How much homework are you giving? What are you due dates like? And you may or may not be on necessarily the same page. And then you're, in some cases, relying on students to tell you, you know, how they're, I have, I have a whole lot of work or I don't have any work at all, mm -hmm. you know, and I've been seeking out student feedback because that's the only place I can get it from. I don't really know yeah. what other people are doing. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like you're right. Like you have to establish that like normalcy. Cause like there really isn't with the switch, like everything gets ripped out from under you. Like I'm not getting up. I'm not going to Rowan every day. I'm not going to this class every day. So you need to establish like that normalcy. And also just side note, I would have loved that class going in on your first day and knowing where I had to sit. That's my <laughs> biggest fear every day. I would have loved that. Just it is, it, it is. There. It's just, <laughs> it's something that, yeah, I never thought about, but, but that is a stressful kind of situation for students who are looking to go to a certain place or yeah. uh, it's just a small amount of structure. Especially when you don't know anyone in the class and yeah. you walk in and then you're like, okay, well, do I sit here or is this person waiting for someone to get here? It just, it always makes me feel better every time I, like, I, like you said, like, I know I'm going to be successful. I know that's where I'm supposed to be sitting. I know I'm going to get marked in my attendance if I sit there. Oh, what a thrived. <laughs> um, but um, wait, so if you do a live class, do you have to go on when your like period would have been, or do you like sort of talk yes. to the students? So this was, this was something that at least for us had to evolve because the first week or two, again, is kind of like the wild west. So everyone's just trying to figure out for themselves what they're doing. And what was happening is teachers and classes were scheduling times that mm. were conflicting. So um, they would just say like, oh, well, for me, you know, Wednesday at 10 o'clock, that's when we're going to meet. And then they would find out, well, well, my math teacher is doing the same thing. And so how do I, whatever. So eventually then, mm -hmm. um, this was a high school, just our, our building kind of said, all right, well, here's the schedule on Mondays from this time to this time will be English time. Here's foreign language time. Here's math time. Here's social uh, And uh, they set out kind of almost like a letter day period sort of schedule that if you teach this class, you should be scheduling your meetings within this time frame, Smart. And you don't have to do it, but schedule it then and don't schedule your stuff when other people are doing it. So you don't want to put students in kind of a weird place. And of course it makes yeah. total sense afterwards, but at the beginning you would never 
uh, yeah. to do it. Yeah. And the other smart. thing that they said was, if you do this, you actually can't, uh, you know, we can't take attendance. I mean, we can take attendance, but we can't count it against a student or make it a requirement, just mm. not knowing everybody's situation. Yeah. So it's sort of, yeah. uh, you know, they you can record it, obviously, and post it. And I think that's what most teachers are doing. So if you're there for the live part, that's good. But then if for whatever reason, some sort of obligation or some sort of conflict, then you can go back and watch it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then when does, like, when does, what time does it all end at? Like, is it like a normal school day that it's all scheduled or is it like before? So the way that we're doing it, at least right now is at uh, nine to one, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. is like the teacher okay. sort of school day. And so from mm -hmm. nine to one straight, all teachers are to be logged in at their computer doing school work. And that would include planning lessons, grading papers, uh, responding to, you know, parent and student emails, uh, delivering instruction, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of nine to one. And then from one to two, teachers are to block out that time uh, for faculty meetings, department meetings, some other kind of, you know, anything that's oh, required, okay. you're on call from one to two uh, in a sense. Yeah. And so that's, uh, it started out, that was Monday to Friday. We've now shifted to kind of like, four days sort of of instructions and then of instruction and then Friday is kind of a miscellaneous day where you're still working the same sort of time frame nine to one, nine to two. Mm -hmm. um, but you're not allowed to deliver instruction on Friday. That's for planning, catch up students who need extra help. You know, you can schedule know. individual conferences and things like that because of course in, we were sort of talking about economic diversity as far as if you have laptops and all those kinds of things, but you've also of course got academic diversity where you've got students with special needs, with learning disabilities, uh, people who require a longer period of time, a different type of instruction. Yeah. And so this, uh, for some students, uh, was extremely overwhelming, not just yeah. in kind of a general sense of like any, any, uh, any kind of learner is, is disrupted by this because there's no structure. There's no, I, I wasn't, we never planned for this. We never transitioned for that. Right. So everyone is out of sorts for someone who has any kind of extra special consideration, uh, whether that be anxiety or, uh, learning issues, this is mm -hmm. all the more sort of confusing and difficult. And so, uh, the district wanted mm -hmm. to make sure that there was kind of like extra time built into the schedule, the way that a study hall would be, or the way that a, um, counseling meeting would be or something like that. So, um, I think that's a positive thing as well. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. It sounds all very structured. Yeah. I think. Well, because also I know that a lot of your, like, students, like, thrive in, like, that after school time that you, I guess you don't have anymore. That is, like, the one-on-one, -on -one, like, looking for out-of-class help. Yeah. Yeah. The idea that somehow, like, even when you're in school and present, that you only sort of work on that class or learn from that class in that 40 mm -hmm. minutes that you're there with the teacher uh, isn't that way for a huge number of students. Yeah. And so when you take away, you know, things like study halls or things like, Hey, can I see you after school? Or, uh, can I come in early to double check on this? Or I missed yesterday. Uh, can I see you to kind of get caught up on things? Yeah. Then, uh, that gets all messed up with this stuff as well. So, and th just the way that it's evolving again is a credit to the, the hard work and the creativity of a lot of people. So you've got teachers sort of who are doing these things, but then the guidance counselors, the administrators, the supervisors, 
all those kind of other layers, uh, people are also working to make sure that this is functional. Yeah. Yeah. Are the I guidance mean, counselors oh, yeah. like in touch with kids? Yes. The guidance counselor. So guidance counselors are doing some of their regular work, which is uh, starting to do course recommendations and scheduling for next year. Oh, so okay. of course, you know, you're trying to finish this year, but then also try to plan for next year, which is supposed oh, to yeah, happen I forgot about that. in like February, basically January, February is when you already start thinking about the next year. So they're mm -hmm. going through with that, with what, what level class are you taking and how many sections of, you know, this math class do we need and that kind of thing. So they're working on that type of stuff. They're um, contacting students and families, people who are in difficult situations and so forth. So there's been a number of students where, you know, I haven't heard anything. I'm submitting the work. Most of the students are, I'm getting, you know, no work. I reach out to the guidance counselor. Hey, is there anything that I need to know? Uh, you know, and in some cases they'll know right away or they'll say, I have a call in, I'm waiting to hear back. I'll keep you posted. And so, mm. yeah, yeah, I yeah. think they're, they're doing it as well. You never, I feel like a lot of people right now, like you don't realize how hard, like everyone's working, like you're working from home. I feel, which makes a job like teaching like two times harder. Like you have to like be that much more, you like you have to create these online lessons. You have to go live with these kids. And then like, there's some people that like have never used technology in the classroom. Now they have to like integrate everything into technology and you don't like know how much planning goes into that. Like I see my mom downstairs every day and we're like, I think you work more than like <laughs> you would contractually be done by this time and you would normally be home by this time, but now you're still working. I feel like you get to appreciate more now, like these different jobs of people that are like, coming home and like like I never knew what my mom did but now I feel like I see it every day and I'm like oh like I didn't know you did that besides the classroom have you been uh binge watching any good shows Ooh, binge watching any good shows so we did a uh family it was it was a rewatch for me but a family uh Mandalorian oh well so we are I am one chapter into The Mandalorian. Okay. I, um, <laughs> I just began watching it because I know you two are big fans, so I had to get on the bandwagon. I'm a little late to the bandwagon for a lot of shows just because I feel like whenever I, I watch a show, I have to like sit down and actually like look at it and not look away. Yes. If I'm, if I'm doing something else, I need to put on a show I've already seen before. But let me just tell you, at the end of the first chapter, I did not realize I was when the Baby Yoda was going to pop in. I've seen it all over the internet. I've seen all the memes. Um, when I was at my internship, the girl next to me, uh, her desk was all Baby Yoda. She loved Baby Yoda. And I didn't realize when it was going to come in. And now <laughs> I'm very curious to keep watching and see what happens. Yeah, it was... Uh, I don't know how much of uh, you say it's a surprise sort of hit, but the way that it's, it's kind of hit with people... Um, I think I think Disney expected, you know, Star Wars obviously is pretty popular, but it's yeah, it still has a niche following, and and something like The Mandalorian um, is not necessarily general appeal, um, but but Baby Yoda was lightning in a bottle uh, <laughs> somehow, uh, and they and part of it was, you know, and you're saying like you knew he was going to show up at some point. Mm -hmm. This was not something that that anybody knew was a thing. Uh, mm -hmm. Now, typically, I mean, secrets in Star Wars are you're kind of part of it. Any kind of big fandom or whatever you're you're trying to 
you know, yeah. not have leaks and stuff like that. Uh, but they specifically, one of the things was after it came out, people were looking for merchandise. Is it, can I get a baby Yoda dog? Can I get a baby Yoda t-shirt? And the answer was no, because Disney, Star Wars, et cetera, didn't oh. like, didn't, you have to, you know, to get merchandise, you have to do it like a year, eight months in advance or something like that. Cause you're shipping it from overseas and you have to set up the plants and all that kind of yeah. stuff. They, like the, the people who made the Mandalorian specifically said like, we don't want the secret to get out. Please. Can we not, even though we're not going to merchandise ready, we need to like definitely keep this under uh, wraps. And oh, Disney was cool with it. And yeah. so when that first episode, like whenever it was, I guess in November, yeah. uh, when, when people watched that and that nobody had any idea like what that was, that that was coming, that that's going to be part of the story. Cause any of the clips and, and photos that, scene of course didn't have any of that stuff mm -hmm. um so it totally took uh everybody by surprise which is a cool thing because it's hard it's hard to surprise people and it's hard to capture attention uh, yeah but, but baby yoda has been able to do it i remember when uh frozen came out and they had like all the olaf stuff and nobody knew who like the snowman was but like that's <laughs> how you get kids excited but yeah before like I watched it, I took a very long time to watch it, but I like, I thought I was going to be pestered by like some people, but I did not know I was going to be pestered by the internet to watch it because literally it blew up so much. <laughs> oh, within the first couple of days, I think I saw a meme and I was like, what is a baby Yoda? And then of course I had to keep watching like the memes roll in on Twitter and Instagram. And then, like I said, I saw a baby Yoda pop socket. Yeah, but nothing like Star Wars, I feel like has ever blown up this much yeah. like no, even when like the new star movie wars came out, star wars like... episode nine yeah exactly right yeah. Star Wars episode nine like wrapping up like 40 years of whatever uh, <laughs> exactly. most, more people like are in, in the general public are, are aware of baby yoda than they would know ray or or kylo yeah. ren or, or what happened yeah. in episode nine absolutely they might yeah, even well, not know who yoda is they just know baby yoda. <laughs> no but, yeah. i, I that, because technically, yeah, the name of it is not actually Baby Yoda. Yeah. yeah. That is a yeah. misnomer. Oh, yeah. Um, that is just, yeah, know name. the internet. But that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, a couple of these people are wrong. <laughs> uh, apparently, John Favreau, who was, uh, you know, one of the creators of The Mandalorian, um, wrote a note or has reminded Bob Iger, the former CEO of Disney, like multiple times, you're not really supposed to refer to it as Baby Yoda. So... And all these like corporate like investors calls and like public relation things that Bob Iger was doing, he kept referring it to as Baby Yoda, and, and uh, the Star Wars people had to correct him and say it is the child is its official name. Yeah, well, everyone called it Baby Yoda so much, and then when I was watching it, I was like, I thought this would have to be so long ago if it was actually Yoda, because I was like, how old could he be? Yes, yeah, but and then, it's confusing yeah. to people who if you don't know like what the timeline is the yeah. whole point of the mandalorian is that it's after return of the jedi yeah. etc which you know yoda dies in return of the jedi so it can be very confusing and the whole point is that it's not the same thing so that's why yeah, uh, yeah. yeah you shouldn't be thrown off by that hmm. well yeah. i'm definitely that definitely caught my attention i am definitely excited to watch more of it yeah and it's cool i like um because it's like all like it is like a chat, there's like a bookend to it and it's not like, like leading up to the, well, it's leading up to the next one, but it, there's no like cliffhangers. It's like mm -hmm. a whole story within it. Um, yeah, it's, which I it's cool. very much, um, 
it's very intentional with its style. And I think the people making it are, are thinking of like kind of like 70s, 80s, like television shows where yeah. you have sort of an overarching kind of like quest. Like there's a big sort of point to it of why this character is doing what they're doing, but they mm -hmm. kind of have some adventures along the way, which are yeah. kind of like, a, you know, a chapter of the book. And it's, it's kind of Western and it's kind of samurai and it's kind of action adventure type thing. So it's kind of pulling from all these different things. I think, and it's why it's able to hit and it's, and it's family. Like we watched it, you know, with my and there were a couple like this part is scary types of things, but it's not bloody. It's not gory. There's no, there's yeah. nothing, you know, really even PG 13 about it and stuff like that. And so, uh, I think it's it's kind of captured a sort of a nice moment and then what was just announced a couple of days ago is that they're doing coming out on may 4th on disney plus oh, uh is uh, behind the scenes docu series you know making a oh, really uh, oh. type of thing which uh i think a lot of people had wondered like how come there's no like you know bonus features with this there's no way yeah. they didn't they didn't record everything about their process and about what they did and for a long time, just nothing. And then I think it was probably very intentional on their part, but about halfway, they filmed season two. So they, like everything, I, I, my understanding is that everything they're doing for season two of The Mandalorian is, is all still happening on schedule because it's yeah. all post-production. So filming for a ton of stuff has gotten messed up. So movies that were supposed to come out and other television shows that we're filming around now have all had to shut down. Um, but I believe they wrapped filming in February or early March. Oh, like yeah. So, they're so on schedule, I think, to, to come in the fall again for season two. So this is about halfway in between kind of hmm. holding people over. Awesome. Okay, so other than The Mandalorian, what else have you been binge watching? What else has your quarantine been been consisting it's, of? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, Disney Plus has been the main mm. locale for us. Uh, yeah. So... Uh, for listeners not familiar, right? So I, my wife, Erica, and then we have two uh, young daughters, uh, five-year-old Stella. Oh, yes, our pre-K pal. Pre-K pal. Pre-K pal. And uh, 10, almost 11-month-old uh, Scarlett. So as far as like binging, it's very hard to be like, oh, mm. let's, let's watch Breaking Bad, you know, or something like yeah. that. So there's only like we sort of have like pockets of the day where you can sort of watch what you, what, what an individual wants to watch. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so there's like collective, there's collective viewing time and then there's individual. So uh, for both Eric and I, there's kind of the middle of the day when both girls are taking their nap. Uh, a lot of times she will elect to uh, catch up on Grey's Anatomy, things like that on Netflix. Uh, and then that's when I would go towards uh, I'm doing some Clone Wars. There's, uh, you know, on Disney Plus, catching up on that. I'm looking at potentially uh, Picard on CBS All Access, which I do not have, but maybe getting just a free trial mm. to kind of yeah. see oh. there. A little, little uh, new Star Trek with uh, oh, Patrick the Stewart, new Star Trek. et cetera. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, you, I feel like I've been into Star Trek. I, you know what? I'm a, a more. Uh, a more casual Star Trek fan when I was mm -hmm. in maybe middle school, high school was when like Star Trek, the next generation was still like on TV, like new episodes coming out and stuff like that. So I was into it mm -hmm. uh, at that time. 
I've seen, I've seen all the movies, you know, at least one. I went through like small pockets, but not like, not compared to say, like Star Wars would be like top fandom and then like Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter yeah. and things like that. So Star Trek would come in distant kind of after that. Um, but I have an appreciation for it. And especially when, if you're talking about Patrick Stewart. So, uh, so anyway, so I've been intrigued by it. Not enough, honestly, not enough to like have subscribed when it came out. Like with Disney Plus, when it was like, oh, The Mandalorian is going to be Disney Plus. It was like, should I put in my credit card now? Or, you know, that, <laughs> that one was right away. But this was like, oh, people said it was good. So if it's good and it's free and it's quarantine, then now's as good a time uh as any it's only one season and i don't know how many episodes it is but I, you know, I think it's like eight or something like that or ten or uh so it's a little bit more manageable yeah. i'm jeffrey i'm like you when you said like i have to be able to like pay attention oh yeah unless it's something that i already know or i'm doing i have to be able to watch it so i tend not to like watch as many things mm -hmm. and you're also in in like kind of quarantine yeah i'm not looking to be like existentially challenged so i'm looking for a little bit more like comfort food and that yeah. kind of stuff i'm not gonna be like all right well i think i'll binge black mirror now or something like that mm -hmm. uh i don't want to be freaked out or made uncomfortable so it's <laughs> <laughs> there's you know so i tend to be leaning on things of like yeah kind of childhood stuff disney marvel star wars mm -hmm. pixar i've been binging a lot of the like things I watched in my childhood, I've been doing it on like Disney Plus or I've been watching things on Netflix. But like you said, I don't want to be spooked and I already made that mistake. I already watched a show on Netflix. The show You is a little spooky. <laughs> <laughs> and so I've I've now been trying to balance out the spook. So I've been watching things like uh, I'm going back into the office because I'm like, I've already seen all the office, but my mom hasn't seen the office um, in its entirety. She's seen like episodes here and there. So like, we'll sit down and we'll watch a couple episodes together and um, just things like that. Like things I've already seen uh, different Disney channel shows. I watched as a kid. Um, we, I definitely watched uh, Lizzie McGuire season one with my sister, <laughs> just different things like that. <laughs> like you said, comfort food. Yeah, and I think in when you go through something that's so uncertain, you look for structure wherever you can find it, or you look for certainty wherever you can find it. And that's just a small example. I think if you're choos choosing your yeah. viewing patterns, you tend to gravitate towards things where like, oh, well, this makes me feel safe, or this reminds me of a time when uh, I felt like I knew what was going on a little bit more, or something like that. And <laughs> I, I would yeah, imagine that's that that's the way a, a yeah. lot of people... Um, are handling it. Yeah. Speaking of comfort food, on this podcast, we have talked about a lot of food, but recently I have noticed a pattern. Just a quick poll. Have you guys made banana bread? Uh, I have not. Banana bread has been made in our home, yes. Oh, yes. So, uh, <laughs> it has also been made here on multiple occasions. <laughs> but I think I said a couple podcasts back, I just, once Chrissy Teigen made it on Instagram or Twitter <laughs> or one of them, I saw it. I have seen everyone making banana bread. There's something, there something about it. Uh, for us, I think it was a little bit more practical because I eat bananas regularly. So I take a banana uh, for breakfast every day yeah. to school. But because bananas like go bad, like within kind of like oh. a week, we, I would just 
I would buy enough for the week, you know, at the mm -hmm. store. Um, but Eric has had a few forays into supermarkets and so forth. And it's a little bit sort of like buy whatever you think you'll need mm -hmm. for whatever amount of time. And so yeah. uh, we've had weeks with like, uh, <laughs> I think there are like 30 bananas here. I'm not sure who's <laughs> going uh, to eat them all. And so even if kind of everyone has one a day, so we've gotten to, the end of a round we're like well all these bananas are like brown like banana bread like, yeah that's, that's, <laughs> that's what we keep doing yeah, no other day, food or fruit is like that where like it yeah oils and you're like well i can make something better out of it yeah uh, the other night i was making a smoothie and i was like oh which like because again like we have a ton of bananas and i was like which one should i use and my mom was like not the ones that are going um to turn brown she said those are for the banana bread you can use one of those for your smoothie I was like, hey. <laughs> Any other day, I don't think it would have been that. Yeah, no, that is one of the sweeping. I've seen so many people making banana bread. I have not dabbled into the... I mean, I did make one little trend thing uh, the other day because I see all over the internet, it's like a three-ingredient cookie, and it's just like oh. uh, an egg and brown sugar and uh, peanut butter. I did make those the other day. That's the only okay. quarantine trend I've seen. <laughs> and I've conquered. Because I was like, three ingredients? I gotcha. <laughs> well, for a while, I had cookie dough in the fridge that I had like made in bulk. And I was just like having fresh cookies every night. And I was like, because I need this. And then eventually, <laughs> eventually, I used up the cookie dough. And we didn't, we didn't go back because it was a lot having cookies every night. I know, and your house has it been more, uh, like, has it been less cooking or more cooking now that <laughs> you're in quarantine? Because I feel like there's two extremes. In the Har house? Yes. Yeah. Uh, infinitely more cooking. <laughs> okay. Infinitely more. Because, yeah, I mean, we have set, we settled in relatively quickly, honestly, to like a schedule and, and somewhat of a, a routine. Um, mostly because both of our children are like before school age. So mm. as far as their day doesn't have to be, is not like, well, we've got to complete this. And that's what so many parents, of course, are struggling with. They're trying to do their jobs at the same time as their kids are going to school. Um, and I, obviously I totally empathize uh, with that for us. Uh, we don't have that kind of routine, but between like, the set hours for teachers and, you know, nap time and bath time and all those kinds of things that you kind of try to build into a child's day to be structured anyway. Um, our meals have ended up, ended up a lot more. You also just have to be more intentional. Um, I think is part of it. And, you know, obviously with us, um, you know, one of the, my wife and I run the theater program at Morristown high school. And so, going through basically two thirds of the year with like a rehearsal schedule and we're at school till five thirty six uh, each night and you tend to be more day-to-day uh, -to -day or, oh, well, we can stop and get something on the way home or what do you want to do tomorrow or I'll just go food shopping, you know, on Sunday and I'll pick up stuff and that'll be, so you can kind of think in these kind of short sort of bursts. This was like, well, if I'm going to take my life into my hands by... <laughs> entering into a public, a public space oh, yes. by food, then you, you can't just like grab random things. And so, um, so Erica, you know, has been the one in this case, uh, was very intentional about, okay, if we need two weeks worth of meals, 
uh, then we're going to need a meal this day, this time, this time, this time. So yeah. we need this much chicken, this much beef, this much rice, all that kind of thing. Um, so that has been, I think, for us, a, a huge positive uh, because our, our meals were kind of haphazard or what are we doing tonight or what's happening here? And now it's a little bit more structured. And there's yeah. a lot of families that are, that are able to do that. And I think we've always kind of wished to do that. It just uh, This was a nice way to kind of get us in that zone. Yeah, I feel like I haven't sat down and ate dinner with like my family in so long, like for this many consecutive days, like obviously like here and there, like I'll be out or my sister will be out or my brother has something to do or something like that. But now it's like, we're always, we're always there. There's really no escaping your family during this time, which <laughs> it, at some points, like I have to admit it, we've all gotten on each other's nerves a little bit, but I feel like like it's nice to like get to have that family time. Yeah, I've I've honestly had a lot of students, and you know, you don't typically think of high school students as being particularly uh, affectionate towards parents and family members and so forth. Uh, not because they're not, but just because they're not demonstrative. Yeah. So, um, but a number have put in writing and said like, you know what? If I'm honest about it, I uh, have enjoyed like. A lot of them said, I can't get work done around the table with the rest of my family. Like, that didn't work. That lasted three days. Um, but I've said it's been nice. I mean, I had one student who said, like, I, my dad travels for work all the time. This is the most I've seen my father in, you know, in my whole life, basically, because he has to work from home. And so that's, yeah. been, uh, that's been kind of cool. And just in the, in the same way, I think that we were saying education is a social thing. There's something about a meal. Mm. A meal is yeah. a social uh, sort of thing and I've talked about that with my students sometimes like how many of you have like set dinner time or this is when we all sit and eat and it's the minority of people because most people's lives just don't work that way uh, between working schedules and sports and activities and all kinds of stuff if you have multiple people in a home the idea of kind of the stars aligning for a half hour or an hour to say this is when we all mm -hmm. eat dinner uh, I think that's hard for a lot of families uh, to handle. Some families are intentional about it. Some families are intentional on, you know, weekend Sunday meals and, and so forth. Um, but I think most people were not living that way. And like you said, if, if there can be a positive uh, for this, I think that's, that's definitely one. And like, that's always nice. And like, especially with the holiday that just came up. Um, so speaking of Easter, did anyone have any good Easter plans? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. What did segue. you guys Oh yeah, what did you do for Easter? Uh, we did uh, we did online church Easter service. Uh, yes, we did. did get dressed up uh, afterwards. Mm -hmm. We got dressed up and we did pictures out uh, on the front lawn. And we couldn't do a full, a full <laughs> family picture of the four of us, so everybody had to kind of rotate uh, in and <laughs> yeah. out. So Stella Stella took some pictures. Uh, <laughs> oh, I yes, took I some saw pictures. Those. Erica took some pictures. Uh, so the most you could get was three out of four. Um, <laughs> but we were pleased about that. Yeah. Uh, we did, we did a, a super family Zoom. So I'm, uh, oh. I'm one of four children. So my parents, I have two older brothers and a younger sister. So uh, their spouses and their children, everybody uh, Zoomed in collectively. So for, uh, you know, about 40, 45 minutes, we were all. Yeah. All together that side of the family. So that was nice. And then we, uh, you know, either phone calls or, or FaceTimes to, 
grandparents and other loved ones. Uh, yeah. Stuff like that. So yeah, so that was uh, we did. Yeah, you know, we did some Easter egg hunts. Uh, yeah, nice. In, inside and outside. Um, yeah. So in some I, ways, it was weird because it was like a regular yeah. day. It was like it seems like there's not much different about it, but we tried to be as intentional as possible. Yeah. How about mm-hmm. you guys? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm the youngest <laughs> of three. Uh, I am the youngest at the age of 21. And we still all had an Easter egg hunt outside. My mom still put the eggs out there. Um, just because like, I feel like, like you said, like it felt like a normal day. We needed something that was like, oh, this is Easter. We also like woke up at nine o'clock and then like did ch- online church at nine o'clock. And then like, again, like, I, I mean, I have to be honest. I have be- spent a lot of my quarantine in sweatpants and just like a t-shirt. <laughs> and so I like, we definitely like, I put on like jeans and like a nicer shirt, like for Easter. And I know so did uh, my sister and my mom, my dad, my brother. He didn't, he didn't really participate in that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But also like, I feel like on Easter, it's the most conversation I've ever had with my family, even though I didn't actually see them because like a lot of my Easter, I don't know. I mean, I spend with the kids and I will be like playing with the kids, but like I had to like, I like, uh, like called my aunt and stuff. And like, we all had like conversations and then like with like my mom's side of the family and my dad. So it's like definitely the most talking I've done to at least uh, the older part of my family. Cause I really am always with the kids. So it was like nice in that way. It was different, but yeah, it was a different holiday, but I still feel like there is, there is some good stuff to come out of it. Do you think uh, Jeffrey now is a good time to take a break and thank our special guest? Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so yeah, much. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. No, absolutely. You guys are doing a great job. This is a great um, thank you. format to discuss in, and uh, <laughs> I appreciate you uh, appreciate you having me on. Of course. We yeah, appreciate no, you, you so always much. listening. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Always listening. A loyal listener. Oh, yeah. We always appreciate our loyal we always appreciate our lawyer list, loyal listeners here. Oh. Um, and um, I think if we could take one uh, takeaway from this, it would be uh, please leave us a five-star review. <laughs> a classic. Just um, had, to, had to bring it back. <laughs> had to bring the bit back just for that moment. Love it. Uh, yeah, but thanks so much. And we hope that the rest of your quarantine goes yeah. well. Thanks for Thank chatting you. with yeah, us. Yeah, best to you guys and your families. Hey guys, we are back. Yeah, thanks Greg so much for uh, coming on and doing the podcast with us again. Uh, But before we wrap things up, I just had to acknowledge that it was Jeffrey's birthday this week and we uh, did celebrate his 21st on Easter slash just Sunday. (laughs) Yes, so um, Easter, it wasn't just Easter over here at the Red Wynoski family. It was also my 21st birthday, so um, I turned... (laughs) 21 this past Sunday, obviously did some Easter things that morning. And then I was uh, just um, waiting for my breakfast to be made because I had uh, asked for a French toast for my breakfast morning because I <laughs> love French toast. When I got, a, I got a text from uh, my one pal, Colin, which we've talked about before in this podcast. I'm sure you guys know him if you're avid listeners oh, of the been podcast. He's <laughs> moving on. Um, I got a text from him that was like, come outside. And I was like, okay, he already told me he was going to stop by today. Like, and just like six feet apart wave, like 
just simple, you know, just birthday things. Um, and so <laughs> I crossed over to um, the window just to be like, oh, is he here? Because sometimes when he comes to pick me up, when he comes to pick me up, he says he's here. And let me tell you, he's not actually here yet. He's really just getting me prepared to get out on the driveway. So I was like, I'm not, it's my birthday. I'm not walking out there unless I know you're there. So when I cross to the window, I see his car and I see um, just uh, two other cars because I was looking out a window and I didn't see anything else except three other cars and I was like oh like Colin and my two uh, like two friends came to stop by so I said well I cannot go out dressed like the way I am I quickly ran up to my room <laughs> um, oh I did not know that <laughs> oh yeah this is about these scenes you did not know and I was like okay so I quickly ran up to my room and I threw on just some sweatpants and a hoodie and I was like okay I'll go out and so I walk out but as I got my side door I get a better view and I realized that there's not just three cars there there is about six cars there. And at that point, I was like, what? And so I walked <laughs> in the driveway and the honking begins. And they were honking like the best parade I have ever seen. It um, was honestly um, so amazing. I loved every second of it. And I got to see my friends on my birthday. I got to chat with them through their car windows. And it was a little birthday parade special surprise right before my French toast. Yeah, a quarantine birthday to remember. Um, well, let me tell you, not yeah, only did I love it, but my mom loved it. She oh, had a, your had mom! The okay. door and was was like honk more, honk more. She got it on video. She posted um, on Instagram. Yeah, my I think my favorite part is her also screaming in the video over the honking uh, that she took, and it's like happy birthday, Jeff! <laughs> and it's the best video I've ever seen. I know uh, she, she loved it. Loving it up. Um, after my birthday, I was on a family Zoom and I got a notification on my phone from Instagram. And like, I glanced at it real quick and I saw it said, happy birthday, Jeff. And um, I think we had like maybe 15 minutes left of the family Zoom. And I just thought it was like, a, I, th I really thought it was something that was going up for the bit. Like, I, I thought you like put something up because it was like the same kind of color scheme as our like logo. So I thought oh. you put something, I thought you put something up. So I was like, oh, when I go off Zoom, I'll look at it. Family Zoom ends. I check the notification and I see it is this video. I was like, a video? And then as it keeps going on, it is all of my favorite people in one video and it just keeps going on and people are saying things. I was like, how much better can this get? <laughs> not only do I see close, close friends, close old friends, teachers I used to have on this video, the video goes blank and then not only does my favorite person appear on the video, but she is speaking to me, using my name, singing, and overall, um, just having a great, genuine conversation about me. And I know she does not know who I am, but that was the best video I have ever seen in the world. Not just the kid, not just like. Taylor Lauderman speaking at the end. Okay, I'll give it away. It's Taylor Lauderman, guys. Um, my favorite Broadway <laughs> actress. If you don't know Taylor Lauderman, please look her up. She um, has played many different things. She has been in uh, a couple of different um, performances um, on Broadway. If you've seen uh, Bring It On, she, she played Campbell. If you saw Mean Girls, like I have twice, um, she played Regina George, <laughs> the OBC, which stands for Original Broadway Cast, um, not to hashtag nope. theater kid, you guys out here, but um, she's my favorite Broadway actress, and she's in the video. 
And Aaron made it, and it was the best thing. Oh, thing I've ever oh, yeah. received I've, for my I birthday. I did make it. <laughs> <laughs> That's where we oh, yeah. So Aaron spent all this time making this video, and it was the sweetest thing I've ever did. So I want everyone over here on for the bit to give her a round of applause. <laughs> okay, it was. I mean, it was. No. I just don't know what I'm gonna do anymore. It was really my passion quarantine project. I don't. No. I have no more. If anyone has a hobby to share, Let I don't have to tell you. Left. It was a great, it was a great thing because in quarantine, like you don't get to see anyone. So like to actually like, obviously like, like to like see the people like I've grown up with and like been friends with, just see it. It was like, oh wait, that's so special. Like I'm in quarantine, but hey, look at all these people. They took time out of their quarantine to say something nice about me. <laughs> yeah. And so it was no, a very was special cool. video. My mom loved it. <laughs> didn't yeah. like it she loved no, it. I loved making it it was fun that's been the highlight of my week <laughs> yeah so uh Jeffrey turned 21 woohoo uh woo-hoo. we'll see y'all next week oh yeah well before we go oh yeah tell me more we have some oh tell me more tell me more another reprising role that Tyler Lauderman made she was Sandy <laughs> at the Mooney um the outdoor theater oh. um anyway just moving on anyway uh <laughs> Since we did some rebranding, we have some new things uh, coming out, some things in the works, you know, the whole nine yards, you know, secret projects we can't talk to you guys about, but some exciting uh, opportunities for you guys to get involved in the podcast. And one of that is we have our biddies of the week. Oh, yes. Biddies of the week is basically the liter- uh, listener of the week, but uh, with uh, for the bit spin on it. Um so yeah, I guess uh, we'll just be uh, announcing a little bitty of the week once in a while. Yeah, um, just someone that we know is listening, someone that has reached out to us and told us that they have been listening or they enjoyed a podcast or two, or someone that just gives us the love on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. And our bitty of the week is lawyer listener, Brian Lynn. We know he listens every Saturday. He's always reaching out to us. He is always responding to our stories. And so we just wanted to give him a little love over here for the bit. Oh yeah. Thanks, Brian. Yeah. Um, Thanks. Yeah. So uh, we'll see y'all next week. We will see you all next week. Enjoy quarantine, everyone. (laughs) Perfect. Bye. Bye. Bye.